Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hey, Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes, David. A, a week off. Took a week off. Which I appreciated. Right. Spent some time at the AFI Film Festival. That's what I was doing last weekend. Nice. I See, spent some time at the movies. at the uh, AF Film Festival. Just everything as fuck, right? Yep. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Um, no, I actually, I just hung out. I was real sick, but uh, I'm good. I'm good now. Uh, yeah, so last week we played our, a rerun, so you could hear our thoughts on the new fall season in, uh, in retrospect and see what we were right or wrong about. I don't know if you saw, first cancellation happened. Um, was it Wicked City? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Ironic, to say the least, that we thought that show looked so great. Yeah. And it did look great. And I still... Go back to our conversation. I still think it's a show that could have found itself. It's a great idea. That's for sure. And it, and I'll say this. It's never... I mean, there's been shows similar to it. There's shows set in the 80s. Yeah. Shows about serial killers and cops, whatever. But rarely has... I have I I can't remember a show that's had all those elements. Like a cat and mouse cop thing. Uh, a show like uh, where... It's a cop chasing the same guy or same team every episode. Right. You know, that that's very rare because it's hard to sustain. And well, like, like everything you're describing is also very similar to Aquarius. Yeah. Just, but in the sixties. <laughs> except, except not the eighties, yeah. But he's but Aquarius though, I mean, like we've discussed, David Duchovny isn't trying to chase isn't chasing down Charles Manson. Right. In fact he often meets him. Didn't he beat the shit out of him at one scene? I, I didn't watch that far. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. So, because at this point, Manson hasn't really done anything uh, to be chased down for. First episode, Ed Westwick kills a bunch of people. Yeah. So that's it's a little different. Also, this is all fictional. Um, I was uh, driving down the Sunset Strip yesterday, um, not just like for fun. I had I was going somewhere that was along there, uh, and I don't know if you've uh, if you've been over there since Wicked City. Started, but the whiskey, the whiskey a go go, which mm-hmm. they visit multiple times in the pilot, is completely front and both sides covered with Ed Westwick's face and the words Wicked City and Eric really? Christie's face. It's completely mm. like they're buying into the product placement of like, hey, this is where a murderer might have hung out <laughs> right. thirty years ago. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm sure they were planning on it, and it it might have actually happened, but they were planning on people seeing that and going. Holy shit, we got to go see the whiskey when we go into town. Yeah. Like people who live in San Diego or just, you know, Northridge, uh-huh. you know, go, hey, when we go down to, to Hollywood, let's check out where that show is. Because they did shoot it in the same place. And that's the other thing is, I love, as you know, I love shows that are shot where they take place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And since this one is in LA on the Sunset Strip, it was real. They just had to dress it up a little bit. But I don't know, man. Yeah, to crop out certain, you know. Yeah. Uh, some certain Steven Tyler walking down the street. <laughs> they had to take him out. But uh, but it's gone. So I don't think anyone is bummed except maybe Ed Westwick. Uh, but Adam Rothenberg, who was originally supposed to star in that show, can now say, fuck you, ABC. Yeah. That's what you get. Now, here's my question. Tell me what you think. Um, obviously, you know... My first thought is they recast Jeremy Sisto and had to rush those scenes and the show suffered for it. But what do you think? Is it possible that 
the show was shitty to begin with, and somebody said, we got, we got to do something to make people watch this show, put in a recognizable star. And it was just as shitty as it was in the first place, <laughs> just with a dude, you know, starring a dude someone someone recognized. Is that I, possible? I think that's. I think both possibilities are equally possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And this is the old problem we've said about network TV. You know, unlike so many great shows on online on Hulu and Netflix, this show they needed people to watch it right away. Otherwise, it was gonna go away, and that's what happened. No one watched, and it's too expensive. Get the fuck out, uh-huh. right? They bailed. Um, all right, but I, I, I watched some new shows. Amazon started its pilot season. Have you seen any of those? No, I watched Man in the High Castle that's, forever ago. That's last year's pilot. This is yeah. a new pilot. Oh, this thing. No, I've never watched it. Brand new pilots. I think the one time we did the... We did one of these, it was that awful... Uh, <laughs> Paris show. What was it called? Uh, oh, yeah. Called. I always want to say Damsels in Distress, but I don't think that's no, what it's it was. The, no, it's the Parisians or something. It's called like the Parisians. Or yeah, with Patriots Seth Cohen. That's right. That was horrible. Oof. But this year, uh, I watched two of them. One's called Highsmith, and it's kind of interesting. It's about this kid. He's like a teenager who has these delusions that he talks to celebrities. And his family deals with it, but now that he's like, a, he's become, he's like turning 18... It's clearly a problem. Like, he's gotten through his whole life pretending that these people are here talking to him. But now that he's 18, it's like it won't go away. And in this episode, he's talking to Shaq and Flea the whole Uh episode. And Shaq and Flea are in it Uh as themselves, as their own delusions. And uh, and they send him to to the nut house where he thinks he's perfectly fine. But everyone's like, who's he talking to? And it's an interesting concept because... The kid doesn't think he has a problem. He's like, yeah, I talk to these people and they help me through my day. But of course, he's fucking nuts because he's talking to people who aren't there. And Curtis Armstrong's in it, who's very, very funny, of course. Booger. Yeah. But uh, It's weird that he only sees himself talking to celebrities that Amazon can conceivably get the show. <laughs> True. <laughs> Flea, yeah, something tells me Flea and Shaq were yeah. easy to he's get. Not, he's not going to be talking to Angelina Jolie anytime right? soon. But I, have a feel, I don't know if this is the premise... Or not, because if it's Shaq and Flea every episode, I'm not watching. <laughs> but if it, but if it changes, if it's different celebrities every episode, I might tune in. Like, who's he talking to this week? And that's kind of a neat premise because you get a new cast every week. You wouldn't watch a show that's just about a guy who's imaginary friend is Flea. No, I'm sorry. Drop dead Flea. Oh God, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, like drop dead Fred. I like that. Yeah, Flea's not really such a great actor. Shaq was funny in it. But uh, it was decent for a pilot, but I don't know if it can sustain. The other one I watched was One Mississippi, which is Tig Notaro's show, which is very, very good because it's created and executive produced by Louis C.K. So imagine Louis C.K. and Tig Notaro doing a TV show. This is exactly what you would expect. Perfect. Because the, the first episode is her going back home because her mom is dying, I think. Yes, her mom is dying. And her brother picks her up at the airport, and their stepdad is there. And it's brilliant, because the stepdad is, of course, a little aloof. He was, you know, they got married after the kids were adults, so there's that weird, strained relationship. Uh, She's, of course, she plays herself, so she's just coming off having her boobs cut off Uh from having cancer. So while she's dealing with her mom dying, everyone's like, are you okay? Um... And and at the whole time, it's her being hilarious and dry and sarcastic, 
And it's basically, what if the show Louie starred Tig Notaro and was about Tig instead of Louie? And it took place in Mississippi instead of... <laughs> yes, instead of New York. And it's really fucking good. Uh, almost to the point where, like, it's too good. It's one of those shows where you go, where you go, I can't believe this is on TV. I can't believe somebody <laughs> made this and put it on TV for free. But it's actually not, since it's on Amazon. But I really liked it, and I think... Uh, it's gonna be the ne- it's gonna be the next transparent probably. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. And there's a bunch of other ones on there I haven't gotten around to yet. A lot of good new kids shows. There's one called uh, what's it called like Jenny and Eggs or something. It looks very Adventure Time ish about this girl and her best friend who's an egg. <laughs> oh, it's not the guy from True Blood. No, not Eggs. Not Eggs Benedict. Um, what did you do this week? Well, uh, not a lot of TV because I apparently I just don't watch TV anymore. I guess not, except for what we talk about here. Right. Uh, well, no, that's not true because uh, I did watch. Oh, I guess yeah, we've been gone off two weeks, so uh, Project Runway uh, ended. Right. I don't know if you saw who won. Yeah, I was, I did, but I forgot. It was, it was the fat girl. Spoilers! It was the plus size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl. Right uh, for her, and I, I mentioned that because she made she won making a plus size collection. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, so that was uh, that was that was good. Um, I haven't yet watched the reunion special. Mostly, I watched movies, including a couple I want to recommend to you. Okay. Well, did you? You might have already seen Love and Mercy. I finally got around to that. That's the one where uh, Paul Dano and John Cusack both played Brian Wilson at different ages, like in the sixties. Oh, and 80s. yeah, I heard that was really good. It was really good. Yeah. And then the one I really want to recommend that I saw yesterday is Room. Oh, yeah, I heard that's oh, the shit. Oh, God, it's, it's so good. It's I really want to see that. the guy who made Frank a couple years ago. Did you see yes, I saw Frank. Yeah. Brooke loved that. I thought it was dumb, but... Oh, I see. I thought it was really good. But I hear... I mean, I love Brie Larson. She's a, undeniably a brilliant actress. But, and I saw her on... I, first, I heard about the show, or the movie. I read about it, and then I saw her on The Daily Show talking about it. I thought this seems like a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, it's really, really good. And it's not The Room. No, not the Tommy Wiseau. Not Tommy Wiseau. It's Room. Just Room. Okay. And the premise is her and this kid who she treats as a son. Is it her son? No, it's her son. Okay. She she was kidnapped seven years prior as a a 17-year-old girl. She was kidnapped and has been held in this... Room that's like locked from the outside, raising her son, and she's not being tortured or anything. No, but she's being like raped. Oh, really? Essentially, every night the guy comes, and that's that's how she got pregnant, and she gave birth. And her and her son are pretty much in this room, live in this room forever, and people come in and out. It's not just this guy coming and raping them, right? It's other. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to give much away. Okay, because I've seen clips. There are other people, you know, Joan Allen and William H Macy are in the movie, and some other people. Yeah. Uh, so there's obviously some other things going on, but I don't want to give it away. All right. That's great. So go see Room. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this week I thought, this is it. TNT finally did it. Came up with a good premise. Great actors. They're going to kill it with this idea. Uh-huh. And it did not happen. Agent X. Well, see, I think... Was no good. This is this is this is an interesting study because you feel that way because you got your hopes up. I did. My hopes were so low for this show <laughs> when I heard the premise that yeah. I ended up having a good time with it. Really, it's, it's preposterous. Yeah, and it's not particularly smart at all. And the action's not even all that great. Oh, it was okay it, for TNT. I will say they for the mo- for the most part the show teetered on the edge of corniness. They walked right up to the line, and it wasn't until the end that they 
fell into the precipice, in my opinion. Yeah. But I the think... the dialogue for the show, bad. Bad. Beginning yeah. to end. But... But at least you've got, like, Gerald McCraney, like, right. who is a great actor and knows how to make, like, how to make corny dialogue still. Well, it doesn't make yes. it not corny. There's nothing he could do about that. But yeah. he's sort of playing into it in a way. Yeah. I, I, I liked his performance probably the best uh, on the show. Yeah, that was smart to cast him. And Sharon Stone was good, too. Again, that was smart casting because she's a movie star and she's still beautiful. Yeah. Uh, she looks like, unlike a lot of actresses her age, I don't want to sound sexist, but unlike a lot of actresses her age, she hasn't fucked up her face. You know, she's still, she looks like a beautiful older woman her own age. And and she's a, a damn good actress, too. So And the dude, the lead guy, I love. I watched him on Baus. <laughs> he was great on Baus. He was on Chicago Fire for a while. He was great on that. But, I don't know. He seems like a hump in this show. So this, this is his show. first non-Illinois set show, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's set in D.C. And the premise. Now, what do you think of the premise? Like, this is Tell what I want to get into. I mean, why my, yes, the premise is that uh, Sharon Stone becomes um, vice president because the former vice president gets... Or I guess the president dies? I thought they were just elected. I thought they won the election. That's what I got. No, I, my, uh, my understanding... Now, I only watched the first hour, by the way. I didn't realize... Yeah, that. me too. Okay, because I said the DVR... Sometimes, like with... Uh, we keep referencing Aquarius. When that was a two-hour <laughs> premiere, the chunk on the DVR was two hours. So yeah, I, I but sometimes the when they say two hours, they just mean the first two episodes. Yeah, so I didn't realize it was a two-hour premiere, so I only watched the first hour. I did the is, same which thing. Which is a standalone episode, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the premise is... Uh, and yeah, um, no, I thought it was established that this was not uh, an election win, that the president died and the vice president got moved up to president and then handpicked her, I guess, to be vice president. I think. Uh, well, that's the way it works. You pick your, if you take the office of president, you then get to pick whoever you yeah, want. Yeah, I, I think that, I don't think it was an election. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, it's not... Yeah, it really isn't important to the story. It's, well, it's only important in... In that it establishes that the person who is now president was previously vice president. Right. So he knows this secret, which is that the vice president has this secret duty to oversee an agent who conducts espionage at home and abroad to go outside the law and whatever. Yeah, supposedly there's an article in the con- in the actual constitution that yes. nobody knows about that the vice president has discretion to send one agent to yeah. basically fix shit and do whatever they want. Oh, that reminds me. James Earl Jones is in this. Like That was weird. When I saw him in the credits, I was like, oh, James Earl Jones, that'd be great. And he plays the chief justice, who then, I guess, is retired after he swears them in. He doesn't do anything else. I don't know. Because she goes to see him in his house to say, hey, what's up with this? And he's really that good. Mean he's retired, like... They don't all live at the court. Like, sure <laughs> I know. The justices of the Supreme Court all have homes. I know. He's super old, though. But in any case, she goes to see it. So a few people know about it. Obviously, the president knows because he was the vice president. And they've established that. And they have a little conversation about it. James Earl Jones says he knows because he's chief justice. And I guess he gets to know. Yeah. Joe McGraney knows because he's the valet of the vice president. Yeah. That's his job. And, the of va- course, the valet. A valet parks your car. A valet is a... Body man butler. Type. Really? Yes. You yes. can't call him a valet? No. Nope. Is that like the difference between a viceroy and a vicery? A vicery and a viceroy? <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. But I do know that. that really? Is, that is a distinction. Valet only refers to someone who parks your car for you. 
All right. Your body man is a, a valet. valet. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, and so those are the only people who know. And she has. And my favorite part is when Joe. She goes really. And Joe McGrady goes. Do you? Did, didn't you ever wonder why the second most powerful <laughs> man in the second most powerful position in the country has almost no duties? Yeah. Which the the reason for that is because the one and only job of the vice president is to take over when the president is incapacitated or and or to not be the there. tiebreaker in the Senate, right? Yes. That's the and one. yeah, and that's the only reason you want that job. It's a shit job, but <laughs> you but you're that close to being president by doing nothing, and. It, it, uh, also, that's the only reason you take the job as Speaker of the House. That's why nobody wants a job because it's shitty. But there's one thing. You are third in line for the presidency. <laughs> yeah. And that's a huge deal. And for a guy like Paul Ryan, that's a fucking enormous deal. Because that means just by mm, weirdness. Well, we saw on the West Wing, the president got sick. The vice president was in recovery. And they had to go to the Republican Speaker of the House. Was it... Uh, John, John Goodman, yeah. right. So, yeah, that's why they take that job. So, so, so to get back to the premise, yeah, because this is why I ended up liking the show a little bit more than I thought I would. Uh huh. Because I thought when I read the premises, what I thought is this is just going to be an overly convoluted way of getting us to a standard mission of the week spy show. Right. And maybe it will become that. Yeah. But what I liked is how it reminded me of the librarians in mm. the sense that it has this sort of like secret mythic history. Uh, to it, and it right. was it was it was definitely amping up that part of it more than I expected. Yeah. Which is so it, it is this action show, but it also has this alternate history type like, of nerdy thing to it. That yeah, like I, National uh, Treasure or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and I, I like that. Yeah, and I uh, I do too. I just wish it was presented better. You know, when she, it's uh, when when they the president. Deliber- very deliberately dangles this key in front of her face uh-huh. and says, here you go. Here's this ceremonial thing that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Key to the house. So she's sitting in her vice presidential study going, hmm, key. Oh, that's the same picture that's on this key above the fireplace. That's weird. And then when Joe McGrady goes, ah, oh, you beat LBJ's record. Yeah. Come on. See, and then, I dug all that stuff. Oh, really? And the worst is when he, she goes, who, but they go down in the catacombs of it. Who built this? Patriots. <laughs> well, what? That's a fucking cop out. So, so basically this, this whole thing was built pre-electricity is what it seems like. And yet it's completely wired up and like... Yes. So they've obviously been updating it. So that, who that, is that doing That was my thought this? is like, who are the contractors? Like, what, who, what right? contractors have the security clearance? Or did, were they all immediately killed after they... Yeah, that's what them? happened. Yeah. Or were they all buddies? They're all patriots, friends of Gerald McGraney. I don't know. See, I... I think you took this stuff too seriously. I, I, and I didn't love the show. I'm not going to keep watching it. Yeah, I think but. we both liked it the same. It's just my expectations were really high and yours were super low. And that's what happens. But uh, I think I like that I compared it to The Librarians because it does have that same sort of sense of fun to it. To well, and also the historical sense yeah. too. Like that's one thing The Librarians, at least the first, The Librarian, the first movies did. Right. It's, you know, it's historically accurate. And in this, obviously, they have to be historically accurate. They're going to make up shit that we don't know about. But in terms of the lineage of presidents and all that shit, uh, obviously, they're going to stick with it. One thing I wish they would have done more that might have made it better was uh, it's clear that there's a sort of a back and forth between the agent and Gerald McRaney. 
they've been working together for a while now and they yeah. have this and Joe McRaney's a little more like, Oh, you're too you're you're too risky, you're taking too many risks and he's more like, Hey man, that's what I do. I'm the Agent X. <laughs> and I liked that that bad girl, uh, that Russian chick. I thought yeah. she was good. That was a nice twist when he was rescuing her and then he realized, oh, you're, yeah. and you don't need to be rescued. And she became the bad guy for the series and then she broke out at the end. I was like, oh, so she's the, the chick he's going to chase throughout the series. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But it, I just, I thought all these actors together, the, the thing that broke my heart that made me check out was there's a scene where the three of them are in the war room or whatever, looking at all the information, and it was so fucking boring. And I thought, how are all these three people in the same room together, and I'm not, I should be transfixed. I should be like, yeah, let's do this. But it was, I just thought it was fucking boring. I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. So it was a misfire. Maybe it'll get better. Uh, I don't know. I do still have the second episode on my DVR, and I'll watch it eventually. But, uh, so let's talk about it in, compared, in comparison to all the other TNT dramas we've watched. The Last Ship, The Librarians, uh, what else? Uh, what, was it, what was it called? Like Murder in the First? Yes, Murder in the First. Was that, that the one Tay Diggs with, with one? With Tay Diggs, yeah. yeah. I that's, think, that's at the bottom, I think. Absolutely. Of the ones that we've watched. Unless there's something I'm forgetting about. I think that's at the I bottom. I think that might be it. But what I guess what they all have in common is they're all valiant efforts. They're all yeah. the people behind these shows had nothing but the best intentions. Yeah. But it just doesn't quite hit. Well, here I'll rank uh, the the four that you just named. Right. Mm-hmm. Number one, librarians. Number okay. two, Agent X. Uh huh. Number three, the last ship. Yeah. And then about four miles of dead space. <laughs> And then, and then murder in the first. Which is still on, apparently, I guess. I don't know really? who's watching it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I think like there's something else we watched, though, that was terrible. I think The, the Librarians is, has a little bit of an advantage because it's a little more fantastical, you know, and they can get away with more shit because it's a fantasy show. Right. And it's got Bob Newhart on it. But uh, it doesn't fucking matter because so far... I don't know, man. TNT used to... Well, they have major crimes, in the cl- and they used to have The Closer, which I love. So, I can't write it off. And, of course, oh. all the Law & Order reruns. There's another terrible one that uh, is about to come back for a second season that we watched on TNT. That? Legends. Yeah, as Legends. Was, that was pretty bad. Not not quite more than the first bad, but I did not like Legends. No, I, it was just boring. It was well done, but yeah. just boring and corny writing. I don't know. They have to... <sighs> This I feel like we're fucking repeating ourselves every time we talk about a show on TNT. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you're going to make me watch Nashville, I'm going to make you watch a TNT drama. All right. All right. So let's move on then. That let's was do too it. quick. Well, uh, two weeks ago, the trivia question was about the Hudson Brothers and uh, their other show that they had that was not the Razzle Dazzle show. Uh, nobody answered. Nobody. That was two even... weeks ago? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that means it's your turn to have trivia this week. Why? Because we skipped you? Yeah. I, well, that's, we, that we've established that as a pattern. Oh, Jesus. But it makes more sense to me that you need to have your turn. We didn't skip you. We took the week off. But that's but it's already been... That's what protocol... That's precedent. When we've taken oh, weeks geez. off before, or have I've you, taken a week off for Comic-Con or whatever, it gets skipped. Have you that's been diagnosed with OCD? <laughs> uh, no. I my, When I was going to ther- therapy, I... Yes. Was told that I have some compulsive behaviors. Well, that's obvious. But I have never been diagnosed. So you don't take medicine for it or anything? No. 
Okay. Right. Are you speaking of that? Are you watching Homeland? No. It's uh, it's fucking crazy this season. I can understand why people have checked out. But Did she turn any babies yet? No, was, but she's coming. I didn't watch close. last season either, but that was one thing I remember you freaking out about the baby drama. It was crazy, <laughs> but well, only because. As I'm watching it, I think, how did they fake that? Because right. it looks like she put a real baby. Because you could do that. You could put a real baby in the bath face down and then pull them out again and they'll be fine. They'll mm-hmm. be scared or whatever. I mean, my kids, I don't think it's ever happened with Gracie, but I remember one time I was swimming with Zoe in the pool and she was like in a little inner tube and she kept reaching down to like, I don't know, drink the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she flip she capsized so she's literally floating upside down and i went holy shit and i swam over and got her and everything was fine so you can do that with a baby (laughs) but of course no one's gonna let you do that that's not what they did so i don't know how they fucking faked it but it was brilliant but this year she's trying to figure out this shit because she doesn't work for the cia anymore um and she's got a boyfriend and she's trying to figure this shit out and she says to him listen i'm gonna go off my meds so I can figure these things out because that's how it works with me. I don't, I don't see it unless I'm crazy. <laughs> and he goes, well, when are you going to do it? And she says, well, I already did. So here's what you need to do. You need to watch for these things, risky behavior, uh, drinking, all this crazy shit. And this is how you should do. And almost immediately she starts going off. And, like, she starts fucking him, and she's crazy, and she runs into the woods with a fucking gun because she hears somebody coming. And she's right, because Quinn is coming to to capture her. But she's sitting <laughs> in the fucking woods with, in her pajamas with this big-ass rifle. It was It's really uh, riveting. It's, it's fun and fun to watch. Um, so you want me to come up with a trivia question? <laughs> yeah. First, you gotta, you got to say what this week... This week's is Okay uh, So last week the answer was bonkers Rather two weeks ago the answer was bonkers That's the name of the show Bonkers and Bob Monkhouse was their uh, Was their co-star He's dead now Um, And it was syndicated But nobody even attempted to answer it So we got no right answers Um, All right, Agent I'll I'll do trivia if you want I can come up with one right now I'm going to do it next week too (laughs) Then I'll do it this week Okay Okay so this dude who played Agent X. What was his name? I don't, uh, I don't know. You said it was a guy from Bouse. Yeah, I can't think of his name, though. Uh, like I said, he's one of my favorite TV actors, but uh, full cast and crew. I don't believe he's one of your favorites, if you can even remember his name. What? Just because I said Jeff, Jeff Hefner? Hefner. Yeah, Jeff that's Hefner. him. Okay, so Jeff Hefner. Jeff, Jeff Hefner. He's played uh, on Agent X. He's a, I don't know, Secret Service agent, I guess. On Bouse, he was a uh, candidate for what was he running for? City uh, uh, running for councilman's or Congress? Agricultural commissioner. <laughs> he was ru- the agricultural commissioner. Yeah, that's what he was running for. Uh, on Chicago Fire, he was a fireman. There was another short-lived show. It didn't even run a full season before it got canceled. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Okay. He had a recurring role on it where he played a paramedic. And it didn't even last one season. No, but he played a paramedic, and I will tell you, it was a hospital show. Uh, and he was a paramedic. He was only recurring. Oh, was it the one with uh, Harry the Spy slash Dawn uh, Summers? Yes, it was, actually. Um, what was that? It was called, like, Nurses or something. You're close. It was one word. It was a one-word title. Get all. It was about three nurses. One was Michelle yeah. Trachenberg. Yeah. The other was uh, Piper from Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. The chick who plays Piper. And the third one was this black chick who I don't never seen on anything else. Why but I loved it? it. It took place in Boston or something. Yeah. And um, 
Diego Klattenhoff was on it, and uh, uh, also Captain Janeway. I thought it was a great fucking show, yeah, but it I'm, got canceled. I'm not going to be able to... Well, at this point, I've already... Uh, hold on. We've it's, pretty much given it away yeah, to anyone else. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's like... It was a one-word title, and it had something to do with the fact that they were nurses. Residents? Interns? <laughs> what was it? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, come on. I, I, I can't give the answer. Because then that's... No, i got to look it up. Okay, look it up. So that's the question. What was the name of that show? I, I've given you the entire fucking cast and the premise. Should be hard. Uh, should be pretty easy to look up. Um, so that's the question. Send your answers to Paul at thekingoftv.com. Um, and uh, if you get it right and you want a prize, I'll happily send you one. I had an idea for a, uh, a contest. Because um, the other day I went to the weed store. And I was walking out uh-huh. of the weed store with my weed, my bag, my little white bag. And as I'm getting in my car, I see this younger stoner also heading over to the weed store. And he says to me, my man, got some of the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh. But I just was thinking about that all day. And I realized that's a line out of Coming to America. Uh, there's a scene at the church, the sexual chocolate, where... Uh, they're giving out McDowell's food, uh-huh. and this guy comes up, and John Amos goes, my man, you want some of the good stuff? And gives him some food. Uh-huh. Maybe he, I don't know if he meant that or not, but it occurred to me, that's, you still haven't watched that movie, have you? I've never you? seen Coming to America. And I thought, this would be a great, like, Kickstarter. <laughs> we raise money to have a screening of Coming to America, oh, so great. you could see it. Yeah. And people who donate... They get to come see it and hang out with you, and you get free popcorn and shit. And then, you know, hopefully there's money left over to do something good with. Right. But uh, if anyone wants to set up that Kickstarter, I will heartily endorse it. 100%. But I, I am not going to do it myself. I'm too lazy. Right. But I also uh, have to not only set up the Kickstarter, but come up with, come up with a charity. Yes. Ties into coming to America somehow. Right. Uh, like bringing people to America or a film thing or... You know, Eddie Murphy. Did you hear that story about Eddie Murphy and David Spade? No. Because he just wrote this, David Spade just wrote this book basically about his life. And he told the story about when uh, he did a joke about Eddie Murphy on SNL. Okay. The joke, it was when he was doing his Spade in America bit or whatever, yeah. Hollywood Minute. Hollywood Minute yeah. He shows a picture of Eddie Murphy and goes, oh, look, a falling star, <laughs> which is accurate at the time. But I guess Eddie Murphy saw it and lost his shit. Called SNL, called Lorne, and said, how dare you? I made that fucking show. I saved that show from getting canceled. You fucking are going to go after me? I'm Eddie fucking Murphy. Uh-huh. Who are you? He was mainly mad at David Spade. Uh-huh. But he, Spade talks about like he was totally scared. And he met him once and thought they were cool. Turned out they weren't. Uh-huh. It was fucking uh, a funny... It, it's weird to me how even... A big star like that, the guy's on SNL, yeah. makes a simple, innocent joke about a dude, and even he got the uh, Leslie Mann treatment, uh, <laughs> as I like to call it. Uh, um, I want to read that book. David Spade's a gut, he's got a lot of stories, and he's a really good storyteller. Yeah. As well. I remember when he was on uh, Jimmy Doris' old podcast, comedy yeah. and everything else, Yeah, telling stories about how he, because <laughs> he was in one of the Police Academy movies, and... Mm. Uh, mm. Got, like, yeah, when he was like 10. Yeah, and he got a ton of money 
and like just de- he detailed on the show the way that the ways that he blew through this money. I bet. Like bought a car that got stolen, and then bought like a really expensive leather jacket, and like everything within like two months. And, like he didn't have any of the money anymore. That's funny. Well, if you watch that movie, he he has a small part in it as like a teenager skating around in a mall because uh-huh. that's how young he looked at the time. Uh, but that, he was probably living with his mom still, right. you know, so why not blow through that money? I heard Eddie Murphy did the same thing, coincidentally. He said when he got hired on SNL the first season, he spent all his money. Then he was, and, he, and then he heard, oh no, we might not get picked up. And he was like, I need to get a fucking job. <laughs> so, like, com- uh, comedians do that, I this guess. This is timely speaking of SNL. Can I at least say what my trivia question was going to be, since it's not going to not going to okay. next week? All right. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Of with Bob and David, right? Wrote for SNL for four years. Yes, did not have a very good time there, but he says he learned some things. But he is responsible for creating one iconic character uh-huh. that everyone everyone remembers. He didn't. He created him as a writer. He didn't. Yeah. a different person performed it. Do you know what what character? Well, if I remember correctly, because when last time Tom Hanks, not last time, but one time Tom Hanks was on Conan, and he and he specifically said, "I had a great time hosting because you, meaning Conan." Bob Odenkirk, and he said someone else. Uh, I call. He Robert said, Smigel? "Yeah, and Smigel." He said he called them the Brain Trust or the mm-hmm. Genius Boys or whatever. He said because you guys always wrote such great stuff for me. Case in point, the Girl Watchers. Uh-huh. Hello and goodbye. That was a thing <laughs> they wrote for him and John Lovitz. And Mr. Short-Term Memory was another one that they did for okay. him. Um, I, I, I mean, a recurring character. Yeah. On the show. Was it a recurring character that Tom Hanks did? No, it was a, it was a regular cast member who did this. Hmm. Uh, I can give you a big clue. Okay. This cast member who did this is no longer with us. Oh, really? Um. Was it uh, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> was it the Anal Retentive Chef? No. Oh, geez. Uh, I assume it's Phil Hartman. It was was it Jan Hooks? What the fuck? Um, That's the character's name. Oh, of course, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Bob created that character. That's interesting because I thought he had done that himself. I thought that was his thing. All right. Well, so okay. So now we got two trivia questions. So <laughs> yeah. you, so since I gave basically gave you the answer for the first one, and you should know the answer for the second one based on my wrong guesses. So you have to have both answers. <laughs> okay. I need to know the name of the show and the not just the actor but the character that Bob Odenkirk created, who was super funny, who was done by a dead person. So send those answers to Paul at thekingoftv.com and go to thekingoftv.com. For all other stuff from my blog, I've uploaded a picture of my mustache every day this month. Yeah. We're at day 15. Uncomfortably close-up pictures of Paul's mouth. What's wrong? If you want pictures. Why do you have a problem with my mouth? (laughs) Just not, uh, I I, I can't foresee myself (laughs) taking close-up pictures of Really? No, I think... I think like the full face shot would have been fine. No, I for hate tracking that. mustache progression. Nope. As opposed to this close up where you can because like, I want somebody see your to, cavities. Or I want someone to take all thirty pictures <laughs> and show the it, like put it in a little movie, show it growing, but really close up and kind of weird. You should do that with your beard now that you're all beardified. Well, it's too late now. Well, it's getting longer, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't. I mean, yeah. Every time I see you, that fucking thing is longer. That's how time works. If you didn't have, if you could shave off that mustache, and people would assume you were Amish, (laughs) I think that's what would happen. 
uh, and follow me on the Twitter at Paul Goebel Show. And uh, like I said, Movember is in full swing. And uh, my good friend Jay Copperman, who is actually a son of one of my longtime listeners, Scott Copperman, he once again at his all boys school is raising money for Movember. So I'm on a team. I'm on his Movember team. So please donate to us and to him. Um, I wasn't going to do Movember, and then he asked me to, and I can't say no to uh, a kid like that. So please donate, because it's a great thing. Um, and there was something else. Um, was it my turn? Yeah, I guess it's your turn. <laughs> is that what you're forgetting? Yeah, I'm forgetting uh, you have things to say. My other podcast is about movies. It's called Battleship Pretension. You can find it at battleshippretension.com. That's also where you can find this podcast. And all the movie reviews that I write and other people write and all kinds of great stuff over at BattleshipPretension.com. And you can email me at David at BattleshipPretension.com and follow me on Twitter at DaveyPretension. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. I had an idea for a new show, a new podcast. Okay. Tell me what you think. Now, this is as a listener. Tell me what you think. It's called Bottle Episode. And it. I was inspired by a tweet from uh, Brock Wilbur. Do you know Brock? Uh, I know the name. Okay. He's a funny dude. He's a comedian uh, here in L.A. And he's a very funny guy and he's a cool guy. Uh, but he said, he tweeted, I'm going to start a podcast called Bottle Episode where a friend and I drink a bottle of wine and watch self-contained sitcoms. Uh-huh. Great idea, right? Funny. So I thought that could actually happen. Here's how it works. Me and Brock go over to someone's house with a bottle of something. Maybe we have one bottle of wine. Maybe we each have a 40. Uh-huh. Maybe we have a, a, a smaller bottle of gin, whatever. Uh, and then we say, hi, welcome to Bottle Episode. Today we're watching uh, the West Wing episode that is the Bottle Episode. And then Brock says, and we're drinking this. And our guest says, and I'm the guest this. And so we go, so here we go. And then we stop recording. We drink and we watch. So make sure we're totally loopy after whatever, 30, 45 minutes. Uh-huh. And then we record and talk about it while we're drunk. So it's like drunk history meets uh, the Go Bayside podcast. It's yeah, like yeah. that. You think, and it's maybe a half hour long. What do you think? I love it. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I might do that. Uh, if you think that's so interesting. Are you going to do that with Brock Wilbur? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I tweeted him and said, I am in. And I said, for reals though, if you want to do that, we could do it. And he said, okay. Hey, Brock's a pretty easygoing guy. And it's also. Here? Uh, I mean, you've got kind of a setup here to watch stuff. We could, but it's also easier just like if when you have guests, it's easier to say, hey, we'll just come over to your house like yeah, they guests, do on Drunk guests History. Guests love that. <laughs> some do. Some don't. But some are like, yes, please come. Like Laura Silverman, whenever she was on my old show, we always had to go to her house. Uh-huh. And she never wanted to leave her house. Some people, Wendy McClendon Covey, was happy to drive from Long Beach over to my shitty apartment in North Hollywood to be on my show. Because she doesn't want me in her house. Uh, (laughs) Understandable. So, but anyways, if you think that's a good idea, let me know. And uh, once it gets started, it'll be out there. I I love it. All right. Um, Okay, let's move on to With Bob and David. I only watched the first one so far. Me too. But Uh, man, it was fucking hysterical. It was... I... Unbelievable. Just as funny. Honestly, you could watch the last episode of Mr. Show and the first episode of With Bob and David. And aside from maybe Bob's hair being thinner... Right. It's exactly the same show, uh, and that surprised me. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be so similar, and I would have thought that it being so similar would have been a detriment. But it didn't really feel like they just picked up picked where up they left exactly off. where they left off. I mean, luckily they were able to get pretty much every cast member. You know, no Mary Lynn, 
and some of the girls. They only Jill was the only girl they got back, but I mean they're lucky that Paul F. Tompkins isn't a huge star and Jay Jay Johnson isn't a gigantic star. They were able to get everybody back. Uh but it's weird to me that none of those guys have died or become huge stars, you know? <laughs> right. Like look at Zach. Zach's a perfect example. Uh if he was on Mr. Show, yeah. They couldn't have got him back for with Bob and David, right? Right. And Mary Lynn, she, you know, she's Chloe now, so she couldn't come back to be on that show. I think she may be in one episode. Oh yeah, I heard. Sarah Silverman's a pretty big deal. There you go. Um, But she wasn't in every episode of Mister Show. But I would say, I mean, the biggest star right now from Mister Show is Bob Odenkirk. Oh well, yeah, he's got his own TV show. show, yeah. Yeah. So, but luckily, yeah, you know, for him, they only do what six episodes a season. You know, of this. No, of of Better Call Saul. Oh, is that right? I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's a it's a short season. Okay. Um, and obviously, with this, you know, Netflix. I don't know how they convince these guys, especially David Cross. You know, he's you know not- notably difficult. So I don't know how they got them to come back. I, I mean, obviously they had to give them complete creative control. Uh, but man, whatever they did, they were smart because this show is fucking perfect. And the best part is, I remember long ago. It might be even be the first episode of Never Not Funny that Paul F. Tompkins was on. And I mean, like, the first episode of Never Not Funny. Episode 1, mm-hmm. Paul F. Tompkins was the guest, and they talked about Mr. Show. And Paul said, I guarantee you, if there had been another season of Mr. Show, the transitions would have been gone. Because they were the hardest thing to write. Oh, right, and, right. and he said, it was so hard, it got in the way of actually writing comedy. But, because there was such a big break, I guess, they were able to do it, because the transitions were fucking great. Because that always kind of bugged me on the old show. It seemed like a cheat. Like, we don't have an ending for this sketch, so let's just write a transition into another sketch. Uh And sometimes I felt, I kind of wanted an ending. But in this case, I didn't feel that at all in this show. I felt like every episode, every every scene transitioned and it worked out perfectly. And it's not just the fact that they transition one into the next. It's also the idea that there's a theme going on. Like in in the first... Sketch the 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 cold open. I right. guess Paul Tompkins learns from his doctor Jill Talley <laughs> yeah. that uh, she's you know this is no show, Mister. She says um, <laughs> that she, he has to stop eating red meat. Yes, and so he makes that resolution, <laughs> and then the rest of the episode is structured around. Then there's the poker game where they all the friends name their resolutions, right. and his is the most reasonable, and yet they all make fun of him. And yeah. the rest of the episode sort of follows. Each of these people, as they they achieve, they achieve they this, these ridiculous things, yeah. and he can't. Bob stop becomes him. the first Jewish pope, <laughs> and he does commercials for things. <laughs> and he's the pope from home. Yeah, yeah, he does a, a virtual pope, and that's fucking hysterical. And then the one they don't really do until the end is John Ennis being dr- a film director, being a big time film director. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite was David. Uh, that was it. Was all really funny because. It's not, they don't hammer you overhead. They basically call it back the way you should, and they don't throw it in your face. And then in the meantime, there's funny jokes along the way yeah. and funny sketches. It was, I like the opening. I like the new theme song. Uh, you know, I liked seeing everyone. What I liked especially was the beginning. First of all, the opening sketch was hysterical. It's like, yeah, you guys were in a time machine, <laughs> but it was a real time travel machine. <laughs> right. Real time. Not you a, were just in there for Not a real years. time travel machine, but a real time 
travel machine. Because <laughs> according to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, we have achieved time travel. We travel forward in time uh, 24-7. Right. At the rate of one second per second. Exactly. And that is possible because we do it. And that's what they were doing in that machine. But then, of course, as they do on Mr. Show, they fucking turn it on its ear. And like, okay, well, go back in time. And then <laughs> Tom... Tom fucking Kenny oh just take out the hyphen <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the most the button I don't know if you want to use the dehyphenator button that's fucking great that's pure Mr. Show idiocy <laughs> taken to the highest level it's fucking funny and how when the cast came out playing themselves they were all dressed in typical uh, outfits Paul had on his fanciest suit uh-huh. Brian had on a black metal t-shirt and a hat that said shithead on it <laughs> <laughs> and John Ennis was just you know his fucking old look like an old man, an old lumberjack. I, I it was I was like man, they just fucking stepped right back into it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people when they were shooting, so many people were like, man, I just saw Mr. Show, the new Mr. Show is fucking great. So you look, you might see uh, people you know in the audience. But I would never go to a Mr. Show taping because one time, do you remember the story of Everest? Remember yeah, that sketch? It's one of the all-time greatest sketches. One of my favorites. I was talking to Doug Benson about it when it aired, and he goes, "Yeah, it's unfortunate because I was there for the taping of that sketch." And of course, every time Jay hit those bottles, uh-huh. they had to cut and reset, put almost all of them back up, and then start the scene with them putting them back up. And Doug said it was a fucking drag because that's the funny thing about the sketch: he keeps knocking them down, <laughs> and you laugh every time, but. I could imagine watching it and you going, oh, fuck, he's going to hit knock those down again. And we're going to have to sit here for 20 fucking minutes while they pick them up. <laughs> and I was like, I don't ever want to do that. Because that's what happens when you go see a show you love. It's not funny. It, the, the pacing yeah. is ruined and they do it, they do it so many times. The joke is old. Uh, but uh, unlike Undateable, you, you, don't, uh, you right. don't go through that if you go see Undateable. Did you hear they, uh, Friday, because they shoot on Fridays. Yeah. They uh, they shut down <clears throat> because of what happened in France. Sure, that was cool. Like everybody was there, and they came out and said, "Listen, guys, we're not going to shoot today. We're not going to do a show." And the audience was like, "Good call." I thought that was kind of cool. I'm surprised the audience even knew because they probably. I imagine if you go to a taping, they take your phone away. Well, right? they don't. Uh, I don't know. In the old days, they wouldn't. They just tell you to turn your shit off. But maybe they tell you, "Yeah, leave it in your car." Yeah, these yeah. days because they don't want you to to shoot it to take pictures of it. So. Yeah, or they probably. It being a live show, they probably don't want yeah, phones true. ringing or like cameras flashing or whatever. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah, sure, but so they, I'm they told them, and I think they just said, "Hey, in case you guys haven't heard, there's some shit going down, and yeah. we're gonna take the night off." And everybody was cool with that. So yeah, because I guess by that time people knew because yeah. it was it was at night in Paris, but it was afternoon here. Exactly. But I was so busy at work on Friday that I didn't know until like the end of the workday about it because it was just even though I was sitting in front of a computer, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it well, it was. It was obviously the news doesn't ever want to say anything until they have footage, right? So it was hard to get footage. But uh, I don't know if we have any listeners who are French or live in France or have friends in France. But uh, obviously, our hearts go out to you because uh, you know that sucks to be attacked, and uh, and it's no good. And let's all remember that this uh, all started because of George Bush and Dick Cheney. They created ISIS. So let's make sure we lay blame where it goes. And let's let's make also make sure in the middle of our heartfelt. Uh, words to Parisians we inject our personal political point, point absolutely of view. well maybe, if you can't maybe, do it maybe for the weekend we can just yeah 
uh, have some unity and uh, what about for, stand with these people and maybe not uh, make it about that. Well, it's too late. I already said it. What about for the weekend, though? Well, I'd love to get his his point of view. <laughs> yeah, let's find out what the weekend thinks. Um, he probably I, speaks some French, right? Yeah. Being from Canada. Oh, that's right. He's Canadian. Yeah, well, um, he's not Quebecois. No, he's, he's not. Terrible. Those fucking Quebecians. Um, well, this week was weird because Agent X. It seems like it's a simple show. Either you like it or you don't. Uh-huh. And with Bob and David is a hundred percent right on the money. If you don't like it, you don't like comedy. Yeah, you'd have right? to be an idiot not to like it. You, you uh, like. I mean, honestly, we Brooke and I sat on a fucking couch and laughed the whole way through it. And these days. It's, I mean, there's a lot of shows that make me laugh. I, we just did that with the Mindy Project this last episode. Fucking so many funny lines. Uh, what's his name? Mike Barinholtz, killing it. And it seems like, I don't know, that's a thing now with sitcoms. It's like, let's just, maybe Amy Poehler's responsible. But it seems like now people are just like, let's just be funny. Let's do the funniest thing we can do. Let's cast the funniest people. Let's get the funniest writers and sometimes it doesn't matter. And these, and you know, like new sitcoms like The Grinder and shit. Where uh, I don't know if you kept up with The Grinder, but no. it's ridiculous. Rob Lowe is like almost insane <laughs> in the way that he thinks the world works. The best part is they added uh, that chick from uh, what's her name, Natalie something. She was on she was on Parks and Rec for a while as uh, Tom's girlfriend. She's really short and Mexican. Do you remember her? No, I, she married him. Oh, you didn't watch Parks and Rec, yeah, did you? Yeah, maybe three or four episodes. Well, she's on as like the the girl lawyer now in their office. That Rob Lowe, of course, is like, oh, then we're going to have an affair because that's how it works. The new lawyer girl comes in and there's sexual tension and we do it. But of course, she's a real person and she has no interest in him uh, physically, and she and she knows he's not a lawyer, so she has no interest in him professionally. And um, that, Natalie Morales. Natalie Morales, yeah, and she's great. She was on The Middleman. Uh, but Rob Lowe continually is like, what? This is how it should work on the show. At one point, they're having a conversation, and in the middle of it, he sweeps everything off her desk. And she goes, is that because we're supposed to start making out on the desk? And he goes, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in, a, in real life, you're like, what is wrong with him? Is he fucking deluded? I'm really glad that that's what I liked about the pilot. Yeah. Well, I'm say, and I'm saying, kind of silliness. it's like sitcoms and comedy shows are less about structure and, uh, you know, building a reality uh, and more about just flat up jokes, saying something funny, doing something funny. Yeah. This last episode of Mindy Project... Uh, Morgan, Ike Barinholtz, is trying to distract people. And he jumps up on stage and goes, watch me do a backflip. And so you know this is going to end badly. But then it doesn't. He does the backflip. <laughs> and even you watching at home go, oh, shit, he did it. <laughs> and then he tries it again later on. And it's it's bad. But I don't know. It's a great time to watch comedy on that, TV, man. Back to the grinder pilot. Yeah. Because <laughs> the funniest jokes are the ones where he is trying to behave like real life lawyerish is because I, t- I talked about when we did the episode. My favorite joke was him borrowing the glasses from the juror, <laughs> right? Juror. Just so he but, can uh, gesticulate with them. The other one from the pilot that we didn't talk about is when Fred Savage walks into the kitchen and Rob Lowe's standing in there and he goes, "I couldn't sleep." And Fred Savage is like, "It's eight <laughs> thirty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and sometimes just the logic of the show makes no sense. Like what? It like for the longest time I was like, "Is Bill Devane living with them? What is going on? Is his dad living with them?" But then later on, they established. I, I think they might have showed episodes out of order, but they established that his his house was being fixed and okay. why. But it, but 
that that alone, because the show works better if they're all in the same house, mm-hmm. like the dad, the brothers, the kids. It works. It's funnier if they're all in the same house together, and so it's almost like the writers went, "Well, so just put them in the same house. If it, <laughs> if someone if it comes up, we'll say, yeah, his house is being fixed. But who gives a fuck? <laughs> just make the show funny, and you know, as long as it doesn't completely ruin the reality that they've set up, and and. And a show like that, where the reality is being at least tested, you have uh, Kevin, you have Fred Savage going, "This isn't, this can't be right." You know, at least commenting on it, right. saying, "You're not a lawyer," because he still is not a lawyer. That's the best <laughs> part about the show; he has yet to become a lawyer, but he thinks he is, uh, and he's working there. I don't know how he gets paid. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know, this Bob and David thing seems like a no-brainer. I would love to meet somebody who watched it and went, eh, wasn't as good. Yeah. Wasn't so great. Because the thing about Mr. Show, I don't care who you are, you can watch every episode on DVD and when you're done go, oh man, I wish there was more. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's one of the few shows that left people wanting more. Yeah. And this is exactly it. You this you got your wish. You got more episodes of the show. And again, you got them all at once. You can watch all your Mr. Show DVDs and then watch all these on Netflix. And they're fucking hysterical. So, I don't know. If you don't like it, you're stupid. Yep. What do you think of that? Stupid? Yeah. Stop defend, listening. Defend yourself. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you have to say for yourself? All right. So, uh, anything else? Well, next week. Well, next week, I want to watch... The new Jessica Jones show on the Netflix. And again, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I know something about comics, but I don't know dick about Jessica Jones. So as a comic fan, I'll be going into this completely. Uh, I look. I knew she was married to Luke Cage in the comics for a while. Okay. Which I guess he's going to show up on Daredevil because she lives in New York. Right. Okay. So there's going to be crossovers between Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Power Man, and someone else. Punisher. Sure. The Punisher, probably, yes. He lives in New York. But no, actually, it's the Punisher. It's John Bernthal is going to be playing the oh, Punisher. Oh, excellent. And, Apparently, uh, I guess Iron Fist was supposed to be in it, but they're the, not doing Iron Fist anymore. I think they said if this Power Man thing works out, they will do a Power Man and Iron Fist oh, show. Okay. Um, and what's his name from The Good Wife is playing Power Man? The guy who was the gangster drug dealer guy? Oh, Lamont Bishop. Lamont Bishop. the character's name. I can't yeah, remember yeah. the character's name. Yeah. And who was on uh, Agent X? Did you see him? Uh, no. For a second, he when they're uh, swearing in Sharon Stone, he's standing there, and I'm huh. like, "Oh, Mount Bishop's on this show," and then he wasn't. He was there for that big party, but then wasn't in the rest of the episode. I wonder who he's going to play, or maybe he got written out and they right. just cut him out of the first episode. But he's a great actor, so I'll be watching Jessica Jones and you. I want to watch based on a capsule review in Entertainment Weekly this week the Thanksgiving episode of Fresh Off the Boat. Which it's supposed to be fun. I will. I don't doubt it because I just recently watched that Halloween episode. I haven't watched anything since the pilot. Oh, dude, you have to go back and watch the Halloween episode. It's okay. fucking hysterical. It's so amazingly funny and right on. Uh, it not only are the jokes great, but they dress up in costumes. One kid is insisting they all go as the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> <laughs> because they're the greatest, the greatest celebrity pop group ever, and since none of them want to do that, he goes as traveling Wilburys, like has extra heads on his shoulders, and it's very funny. Um, 
Can I say, this is completely changing the subject, but speaking of <laughs> sitcoms, when yeah. we were talking about stuff we'd seen earlier, this week's Modern Family, once again, uh, held up my theory that at this point, the character of Dylan, Sarah Highland's boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. is like the only reason to watch the show. <laughs> okay. Did you watch this week's episode? No, not yet. Um, so they go, uh, they end up, well, I, I can't remember the, actor, the character's name, the, the girl, Sarah Highland, whatever her um, Haley, 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 yeah, and Dylan go to the movies, and they run into Adam Devine and his fiance. Oh, okay. At the movies, and I'm sitting together. It's awkward for them. Sure. They end up going on sort of a double date after they like, hey, you want to get some dinner? They go on a double date, um, and then uh, after after their date, it cuts to Adam Devine and his fiance in the car, and she's saying questions like, oh, should we invite them to the wedding, and you know all this stuff, and you can see Adam Devine like processing this stuff, this like heavy heavy stuff that's going through his mind and then it cuts to Haley and Dylan in the car and Haley also has a look on her face of consternation and Dylan says why do you think people stop saying quinky dink (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, writers obviously like writing for that kid he's very funny alright alright watch this (laughs) 